Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by my recruiting analyst, Jared Hollis, here for BeaversEdge.com. We're back with another edition of the podcast previewing Oregon State's matchup this Saturday against Idaho Research Stadium, 1230. Oregon State picked up a win, its first win of the season this last weekend against Hawaii. They now sit 1-1 one and one on the season. Again, as I just mentioned, pleased to welcome in Jared Hollis. Jared, it was a much-needed win for Oregon State last week. And how much of a confidence boost do you think that can be headed into a very winnable game this weekend against Idaho and then ultimately Pac-12 play? Yeah, no, it should be it should be a game that, you know, gives the team a lot of confidence, like you were saying. It. And really, you know, it's not that you necessarily needed it, like a ton of it going into this week. Uh, but more importantly, I feel like more so than confidence, I feel like it was a, a game that gave the coaches, you know, some more time to really learn about what they're working with this year. And even the fans to, to really get a good look at the team and see see who's who and see who's what. And, you know, a big topic of, of conversation for us last week was talking about the quarterback, obviously. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that that's pretty much solidified at this point. And even further than that, I think I think it was proven last week that Oregon State has another potential star in B.J. Baylor. So, I think last week was a really good opportunity for, again, the team just to learn a lot about themselves and for people to learn a lot about the team. So you got to have identity to be successful, and I think that they're starting to establish that. Yeah, you know, great points all around. And, you know, you talk about, you know, last week, obviously, we were talking about a quarterback competition heading into that game. The Beavers were mum on what they were going to do. It surprised everyone. Chance Nolan got the start. And, well, I mean, for lack of better terms, Jared, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, the, the most common question that I've been kind of asked just amongst my peers in the last week or what have you has been, how come Jonathan Smith didn't name Chance Nolan the starter coming out of fall camp? And it's honestly been one that I've, you know, grappled with for a couple of days and talked with several other media members. Sam Neuer was the best looking quarterback coming out of fall camp, yet it was Chance Nolan who executed the offense the best and then looked you know, just superb in that first half against Hawaii, starting off 13 to 13, ended up having a really good game, you know, a couple, couple missed throws here and there, but pretty solid. And, you know, really was able to kind of ignite that Oregon State offense in the same way that he did when he came in against Purdue. I guess, how do you think the Beavers didn't arrive at this, at this conclusion that Chance Nolan was the best, you know, option for moving the offense a couple of weeks ago? Well, I mean, you, you've got to look at how, both Neuer and Nolan performed on the field last year as well. I mean, practice is one thing, and yes, you can learn a whole lot in practice, but sometimes when the lights come on, things just change. And last year, while Chance Nolan was a really good player when he got to play for Oregon State, you look at Sam Neuer, and, and you know, he led, he led Colorado to 4-2, and two, which is a, a pretty good record for as crazy of a season as we had last year. Uh, we're finding out now that that Colorado team is actually – pretty well-rounded team and, you know, good things are happening up there in Boulder. But overall, I mean, there's there's people who sometimes are just winners. And I guess, you know, you get the, the feeling that a four and two season like that, you you know, you bring in the guy that he, he's going to be able to do the same thing for you. And I'm not saying that he's not capable of that, but Chance has certainly proven, you know, now obviously that he's a guy that's going to get you to where you need to go. And it is hard to, to say, you know, what was going on in fall camp, but Clearly, the coaches saw something in San Nori that led them to believe he was going to be the better option. But uh, again, when the lights come on, sometimes things just change. And Chance Nolan's taking full advantage of the opportunity. 
Yeah, and it really is one of those one of those interesting things because I think it's going to be very difficult for uh, that job to be given back. I think you know Jonathan Smith said as much post Hawaii that it's you know it's pretty much going to be Chance Nolan's job now, and and I think that's the right decision to kind of build up you know some some uh, chemistry and camaraderie behind one guy, and and I think that's interesting uh, for you know just uh, uh, many reasons. But yeah, I mean that was one of the things that you know coming out and even last week against Hawaii, you know, some discussions. It's like you ask yourself the question, Jared, if Oregon state had gone with chance Nolan start the year, do they win that game against Purdue? Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's really hard to say. I don't, I don't like to, to do theoreticals, but you have to imagine they would have at least given themselves maybe a little bit better of a chance. But uh, like the, the fact that you have to think about it, you're like, huh? Well, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not a cut and dry thing where you're just kind of like, you know, there's, there's some, you know, there's something there, something tangible and we saw it. And, you know, maybe if they made that decision a quarter earlier, you know, things would have changed, but we are where we are. And I think now, you know, more than anything, as I just mentioned, I think being able to invest in one guy and be like, Hey, this is our guy and let the team kind of move forward with that, I, I think that's beneficial. It definitely is. And it, it's really unspeakable for the players' confidence as well. Like, I, I don't remember who it was on the board. I think it was I think it was OSU Beef. But we were talking about, you know, it was exciting that, that Oregon State had two options or even three that we felt like – even four. I mean, Vidlak is, is a competitor as well. So, I mean, really, we, we talked a lot throughout fall camp and just throughout the summer and everything thing about how exciting it was that Oregon State has the depth that they have in their quarterback room uh, and I think Beef was the one that said like yeah it's all good and fun but I'm excited for the year that we have another like solidified quarterback going into the year and really that can't be overstated because again the, the confidence that these guys can get knowing that it's their team it can help out in so many different ways and uh, hopefully Hopefully we'll be able to see that confidence continue to uh, to grow in Chance Nolan and he'll be able to, to move the team forward and, and better than we ever thought he could. You know, across the board, obviously, you mentioned B.J. Baylor had himself a good game and, you know, nothing uh, nothing new to share there as he, you know, has five touchdowns on the year and really looks like, um, you know, there was even a, a specific thread started on the damn board about, you know, how, you know, B.J. Baylor is kind of surprised, uh, you know, a fair number of people, including yours truly, I, I think he's done a terrific job at kind of being able to, you know, put his stamp on wanting to earn that job. Um, I thought the receivers played better. I mean, Anthony Gould, uh, have yourself a game. I mean, Salem, Oregon has one career catch before that game goes over uh, 100 in that game. Impressive contest for Anthony Gould. Um, defensively, you know, I, I think it was like a tale of like three quarters and then like the last quarter. I mean, I thought for the first three quarters-ish or so, you know, even kind of first half leaning into that third quarter, I thought the Beavers did well. When they were up 38-7, to seven, I thought the defense had played really well prior to that point. Um, after that, I think Hawaii made some plays. The Beavers missed some coverage in the secondary. Um, you know, some, some of those defensive warts that you didn't like to see came out a little bit. But you can live with that, in my opinion, because they got the win. Uh, Jared, what were kind of your thoughts uh, on the defense and then uh, any of the skill position guys on offense? Yeah, again, I, I think the the thing that stood out for me was was B.J. Baylor uh, on offense. He, he really turned the Jets on on a few of those runs and looked looked to be the part and to be the guy who's not going to be known as, 
is the guy who played after Jamar Jefferson or anything like that. He's going to be known as, as B.J. Baylor. And uh, another important thing, you know, where, you know, you've got the job solidified, you know, you're going to be getting the carries every week. Really good for him. On the defensive side, I, I think we've just continued to see overall, I guess, maybe stability is a good word for it. You know, not giving up too much, uh, but also not necessarily as stout as you'd want to see. I mean, it feels like, feels like sometimes they're just – I don't want to say like falling asleep at the wheel, but I guess, I guess that for a driver too, which happens. I mean, it happens in college football, uh, but in order to, to win some big games, I mean, we talked about it before the podcast, looking ahead to, to USC and stuff like that. They're going to really need to tighten it up uh, as they, as they get into there. But overall, I mean, I'm impressed with, with the team's effort and uh, they've got another opportunity this week to continue solidifying that identity and uh, figuring out who's going to be the guys to make the play this year. Obviously, uh, you know, great points. And, you know, you alluded to it a little bit. Next week's podcast, next week, going to be an exciting week for Oregon State football, as you mentioned. USC, Pac-12 opener. Uh, the Trojans obviously made headlines across college football this week as they gave Clay Helton the pink slip after two games and will be looking um, uh, elsewhere for their next head coach. And uh, Dante Williams, their cornerback's coach, is going to be serving as their interim for the rest of the year. So they've got Washington State uh, this weekend. It'll be interesting to see uh, how the Trojans do, and that'll certainly set the stage for what I believe is going to be a, a very big game for Jonathan Smith and the Oregon State program. So next week will be exciting, but not to look too far past Idaho this weekend. Obviously, uh, the Vandals on deck to close out the non-conference season, coming in with a record of 1-1, one and one, uh, knocking off the Simon Frazier clan in week one, and then losing to the Indiana Hoosiers uh, in week two. Uh, Jared, you know, I, I don't think there's anything particularly sneaky or, you know, secretive about Idaho. I think if Oregon State comes in, plays their game, I, I really don't think this should be a contest. And I mean that in the you know, most respectful and, res and you know, uh, plausible way given. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we, we talked about it before the podcast. We usually do three keys to victory, stuff like that. But I mean, it, it would just be a little repetitive to, to do it for a game like this. I mean, Oregon State, uh, like you said, should, should 100% come in and, and win this football game hand pretty, pretty handily. And uh, they have in the past. I don't know if you saw, but this is actually a game that was, was a pretty common game back in like the mid 1900s. This was almost like an annual game, and, and yeah. Oregon State dominated it historically. I don't expect that to change this Saturday. Yeah, no, this has been a game where Oregon State – I mean, like you said, a lot less common now, and I think a lot more common just for proximity, the way travel used to be, Pac-12, you know, um, proximity as well to all this. But, yeah, I mean, Oregon State and Idaho, as you mentioned, played a lot historically, and, and now it's just kind of been, you know, uh, pick-and-choose spots every now and again here. I mean, again – you know, Idaho, you know, beating, uh, I believe, a Division three team in Simon Frazier uh, in the first week. You know, obviously win that game 68-0. to zero. I mean, that's a big win that you would expect, you know, an FCS team to be able to handle a Division two or Division three. I can't tell you exactly what Simon Frazier was. And then this last weekend, uh, losing to Indiana in Bloomington 56-14. to 14. You know, Indiana is, is a pretty solid program, but I would expect a, a very similar score. And, you know, I expect Oregon State to win this game by about 30 points plus, And that'll be uh, my prediction uh, when we get our staff predictions in at beaversedge.com uh, on Friday. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to go along with you there. I think the, the 2006 game last time they played was uh, 38-0. Oh, so, yeah. Mm. I, I don't know if I'd expect that, but something close to that for sure. And just to kind of set the tune on Idaho again, again, the Vandals will be coming in with a record of 1-1. One and one. This is their last non-conference game. Again, they played Indiana last week, uh, Oregon State this week. Uh, then they uh, uh, get get deep into uh, the uh, Big Sky schedule. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I, I expect this, Jared, to be a game where it's go- I, I don't think Tristan Jebbia will be healthy. Otherwise, I'd say I think even he would play in this game. But I think this is a game where we can see Chance Nolan, uh, Sam Norr, and maybe even Sam's, Sam Vidlak in at quarterback. Um, you know, just depending on, you know, how things go and obviously with the redshirt rules being what they are, uh, that would kind of be your ideal situ- or situation scenarios if you're able to get some of those four, third and fourth string guys in, uh, you know, later in the uh, contest just to kind of see what you have, give them some rep and, or rep and run. And I think a couple years ago to uh, when the Beavers played Cal Poly and Champ Flemings had arguably his coming out party, you know, really had a couple big games, had that Moss catch that I'm sure you remember, Jared. And you know, that was kind of like his arrival towards like being, you know, a real contributor as the receiving core for this team. So sometimes some guys pop off against the lesser competition and and I'm excited to see, you know, kind of what the Beavers can do when they kind of open up the throttle. It's definitely the last, I mean, looking at the schedule, assuming they don't absolutely blow out any of the Pac-12 opponents, it's definitely the last chance as it appears currently for them to get those kind of those kind of guys in, right? You know, they they've got again, as we mentioned earlier, USC after that, and then they just get fully into Pac-12 play. So it's uh, it's really the last chance to really get those inexperienced guys that experience, um, and hopefully, hopefully that will happen. I think it'd be awesome to see see Vidlak come in the game. I would love that. Uh, or again, you know, even see Noria come in and let him get some more confidence back. Uh, that way, you know. God forbid anything happens to chance, but if something did, you know, they know that they've got a good option at backup. So definitely a good opportunity for sure. Certainly. And and just to kind of put this point in there too, obviously, you know, Oregon state fans, you know, are no stranger to, you know, I'm sure some Oregon state fans are maybe thinking, you know, we're maybe overlooking Idaho just a little bit, but you know, compare, I, I, Oregon states have their, had some struggles with FCS teams in the past, but I think, Jared, the fact that this is Oregon State's third game of the season as opposed to, like, you know, an opener, for instance, I think that does, you know, make a difference, you know, not to directly, you know, look up at, you know, Washington with Montana, but that's one that recently hits home the same way that, you know, Oregon State has had, you know, a couple of those in the past, too. I think by if you're playing, you know, a team like Idaho in the third week of the season when you kind of had a couple weeks to look at yourself, kind of really establish who you are, I, I think it – takes the opportunity for that big upset I think it kind of takes the air out of that balloon a little bit no yeah I, I completely agree the week one week one jitters are a real thing and uh as you mentioned with Washington and, and, and many others we saw it a lot already this year it's, it's been a pretty crazy season for the two weeks we we've been in it um but I don't expect that to, to be the case this Saturday uh and you know you don't want to overlook them and, and we say again we say all this respectfully uh but it's simply a game that Oregon State should win uh, and, and wins pretty handily. So I, I don't expect anything less. Hopefully that will be what happens on Saturday. 
Again, 12.30 on Saturday is going to be our kickoff time. You can catch the game on Pac-12 Network and make sure to check out beaversedge.com. I'll be live in Corvallis for that matchup. Should be very exciting. And Jared, selfishly speaking, you have no idea how excited I am for a 12.30 kickoff as opposed to an 8.15 kickoff this last weekend. I love everywhere. I love the beeves and everything, but getting home at 2 o'clock in the morning was a little rough. A little rough. Hey, I'm excited for it, too, because I'm, <laughs> I'm staying up to watch the games until that late. Obviously, last week, I, I admittedly, I, I closed my eyes before the game was over. <laughs> I trusted that they had that one in the back. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit, man. I don't blame you one bit. That game, I feel like it was moving along great, and then Hawaii started to really throw the ball, and you're like, okay, this this, this is going to, you know, go down to the bitter end. And, you know, it was such a good game for Oregon State, you know, to get the win. But I think from a fan perspective, Jared, I, I think you're going to see, you know, not to say that the Beavers didn't have a ton of fans last weekend, but I think there could have been more. And I think the reason it maybe wasn't was simply for the fact that it was an 8-15 kickoff. And I think, you know, a 12-15 kickoff, you know, I, I know it's uh, potentially supposed to be a little drizzly on Saturday, but I think that makes uh, the drive down for the uh, Portland uh, area fans a lot easier. And we could see uh, this be one of the more uh, attended early games in the year. Yeah, 100%. I, I sure hope there's more fans out. I didn't get a good look at the attendance last week, but definitely, uh, if you're if you're out and you're if you're available, show up. If you're comfortable with it, show up to this team on, help them to a to a second win before they get into Pac-12 play, and uh, you know just support the Beavs. Absolutely, you know it's a, it's a, it's a stage setter, and I think Oregon State fans, you know, if the Beavers take care of business, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast. You know, it's not quite Jared as we kind of primed going into the year. We talked about how, you know. It would be, you know, a, a party in Corvallis. The Beavers were three and zero entering Pac-12 play for an abundance of reasons. I get two and one's not three and zero, but I think two and one, you still feel pretty good about yourself considering the fact that Oregon State had never exited non-conference play with a winning record under Jonathan Smith. That is wild. That is yeah. crazy. I actually, didn't even know that, but yeah, you do. You feel you feel pretty good, and and like you said, you know, USC with the current situation that they're in, it's a winnable game. Even on the road, it's still a winnable game. Washington, I mean, you 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 definitely expect that to be a winnable game too. And uh, you know, even even after the week one loss, you know, we we obviously talked about the importance of that game, and, and it still is. But bowl, bowl bowl eligibility is still very very much on yep. the table. Yeah, no, and that's the thing that's you know that's still you know exciting, and and I think that's why getting past Hawaii this last week. I mean, you know, that was the kind of middle tier non-conference opponent per this schedule, I think. And now you kind of get the quote unquote, you know, easier opponent of the schedule. And I think if the Beavers take care of business, you know, they'll be in prime shape heading into that matchup against USC this weekend. So uh, again, make sure to check out beaversedge.com for all the coverage leading into the contest. Uh, Again, Jared and I will have staff predictions. We'll have injury report. We'll, um, you know, have the game day hub. Jared's got his awesome starters, his recruit story to check out uh, on uh, Saturday as well. And then, yeah, it's uh, like I said, to wrap up non-conference play, it it really is going to be a, um, you know, it's it's already kind of crazy to think that non-conference play is, is already here at the end, Jared. It's moving along pretty quick. It is, man. I was actually thinking about that earlier. I was sitting outside and I was like, wait a second, is there any games on tonight, on Thursday night? And uh, I was like, you know, two weeks ago, I would have been 
I would have already known the answer to this question. So, <laughs> right, it's crazy. You really can start to to take it for granted a little bit once we get in season, but trying not to. It's going fast already, so let's uh, let's continue to soak it up. Should be exciting, nonetheless. So again, make sure to check ch- or check back to BeaversEdge.com all uh, leading up to the contest and through the contest, post game uh, coverage, reaction. We've got it all for you at BeaversEdge.com. So for Jared Hallis, this is Brennan Slaughter signing off. On this edition of the podcast, we'll be back next week to preview what we think is going to be a massive matchup against USC down in the Coliseum under the lights, 730 kickoff next weekend. But first, Idaho on deck this weekend, 1230 Research Stadium. Uh, Again, thanks for checking out this edition of the Edge podcast. We'll talk to you all next week.